Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome to the Amateur Otaku Podcast. As usual, I am one of your hosts, Brandon Alvarado, and from the other side of the world, my co-host, my good friend, Isaac Wolf. What is up, man? Insert Wolf Howl here. I don't know how to do that. Awesome, Isaac. I'm really glad. We're finally back together. We're doing this again. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, so, guys, um, after almost a month hiatus, um, life getting in the way, me and Isaac are really happy to be back here recording and talking about one of the topics that we love, if not one of the topics we love the most of geek culture, which is anime. And as the official anime podcast of Revenge of the Fans, as Revenge of the Fans covers all the different corners of geek culture, the amateur otaku represents a strong anime front for all you otakus out there that want to talk anime. And you can feel and we can create our own community as part of Revenge of the Fans because we want to be the go to site for everything geek related. That's why we have a gaming podcast. We have a movie and film podcast. We have a Fanboy Nostalgia co- Podcast. And of course, we have this. The Amateur Taco, your anime podcast. Um, so let's get caught up. Isaac, it's been a long time since we've recorded and, and shared um, shared our stories and the things that we love with our listeners. So what have you been watching? What have you been up to? Pika, Pika, Pikachu. <laughs> okay. Seen, I've seen, uh, seen One Punch Man. I've seen... Uh, Gintama. I've seen a certain uh, yellow, uh, movie starring a yellow rat. Ooh. Where you can find a review on Revenge of the Fans and plug, uh, just uh, pl- plug in here. We are going to do a spoiler review uh, for Detective Pikachu later this month. So, and yeah, w- uh, One Piece also, if I didn't mention that. <laughs> and one punch man nice nice very nice and those that haven't read isaac review his review is a non-spoiler review but it captures um the magic that the movie presents and and after i read the review that isaac wrote i'm really more excited than ever as a pokemon fan and as an anime fan to see that movie i'm actually gonna go see um um detective pikachu um on monday uh, we're recording on a friday so i'm gonna go see it on monday with my family and i'm gonna do a big group where um it's gonna be me my cousins my wife we all love pokemon so it's gonna be pretty awesome i'm kind of right, right right now in my head i'm playing a movie where i see myself buying the ash the ash ketchum hat but i'm not gonna do it because i might um but <laughs> and just put that and just throw pokeballs at the screen because <laughs> Why not? So, um, so in case, so we got what you were watching. So what I've been watching, um, lately, the only thing I've seen is pretty much catching up with One Punch Man. The new season is out, and we're gonna definitely talk about that today. And I and I just love everything that they're doing, even though the animation is different, um, because it did change production companies. 
Um, and I'm almost done with season one of Code Geass. Geass. Um, and oh my goodness, how many twists and turns um, how, how that show is taking. Um, I'm loving every minute of it. Um, I know that sees the first series per se is like 50 episodes, and I'm almost done with season one. Um, and I'm really happy to say that I'm excited to see where the series goes and how the series right now is experiencing a revival because I believe that recently a brand new movie um, related to Kogias, um, Kogias, La Lucha of the Resurrection just came out. Did you know about this? Yep, I knew. I knew. Um, and apparently it's breaking records and it's like everybody's watching it. <laughs> yeah, but Kogias is pretty popular, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, so so I'm glad that I'm getting caught up. So, uh, um, because I know that it'll be a whole lifetime before I get caught up with One Piece and Bleach. So at least I feel good that I'm watching a show that I can officially ca- catch up with, <laughs> um, because it's not that extensive. Um, but apart from that, I've just been very busy with life and work. Um, but really excited to see where Kogias goes. Um, but. We have a lot to talk about today and a lot of great shows that have come back after a hiatus. Um, since the last time we spoke, um, episode, um, the last episodes we did, we talked in depth about our love and our thoughts on the show of One Punch Man, especially season one. Um, but season five, season, season five, wow, I went into the future. Um, that's why I'm the Scarlet fan. Uh, <laughs> um, season one of One uh, season two. I don't know which season we're in. Isaac, what season are we in? Season two. And before we continue about uh, about uh, One Punch Man, let me just uh, uh, speak for all our listeners and uh, otakus out there that we're still waiting for your One, uh, one Piece review. <laughs> <sighs> you know what? Maybe this is the time that I start drinking energy drinks. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. I know, I know, I know. I got to get my life together. But there's just so much things to watch. Um, especially now. You know how... I know you never run into this problem, Isaac, because you've seen everything. Um, nah. I don't know I what mean, you're talking about. Only six million and gajillions. Um... <laughs> I, I, I keep finding out how many anime there's out there. And that's one of the things I love about anime. There's always something to watch. Um, and a lot of times, a lot of things that I've watched are based on Isaac's recommendations. Um, so I know that when he tells me to watch One Piece, it's because it's worth it. So don't worry, listeners, fellow talkers out there. I'm going to take one for the team. And one day I'll talk about One Piece. And I just saw like the reviewing it like right now is an episode 842 and I just died a little when I said that. Um, so <laughs> you can uh, you, you can uh, watch them all in about a week. Don't you worry. There you go. Um, and there's 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 Doc Isaac. <laughs> so since we have a life, um, since we have to learn how to live, we're going to talk about anime that are going on right now that we're caught up with. Um, but we're going to, we're going to talk about two big anime franchises that are, that that have come back from break. Um, and we're going to talk about one punch man season two. And we're also going to talk about attack on Titan. We've been waiting to talk about this for a long time. Huh, Isaac? Yeah. 
So Attack on Titan also came back with part two of season three. Um, so we're really excited to talk about that too. Um, but let's start by talking about One Punch Man. One Punch Man, as of today, is six episodes in. Six episodes in in its second season. Um, and so far, it's going really good. What do you say, Isaac? I agree. It's a lot darker than the previous uh, season, but it's going pretty good. Right. However, I would say that, and this is not. I'm not saying that it looks horrible because it doesn't right. look horrible, but I have to point out that it's Yeezy's stuff's production, which some of you might know from Food Wars, is it's clearly not on the same level as Madhouse because the right. animation is a bit more. I don't want, don't want to say clunky, but you can see that Madhouse has a lot more experience doing animation uh, than what they have or at least uh, in uh, these kind of stores i agree i I would even say that um it's not just that it's it the animation and i hate saying this but the animation does feel um old it feels antiquated like because like it doesn't have the the glossy sharpness that madhouse is known for because when you see Madhouse, you feel that you're watching an animated feature, even though you're watching um, um, episodic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, it's top-tier animation. Um, here, it feels... Now, I do appreciate it because it feels a lot... It feels rougher. Um, it feels hand-drawn, which still looks very good. But it feels like animation that's probably dated. You know? Yeah. Um, especially now with animation as fantastic as what you get in Seven Deadly Sins, animation you get in Sword Art Online, Alicization. I heard that Goblin Goblin Sayers animation is amazing as well. Um, it, it's really it's really surprising, and of course I think we're gonna talk about it soon. But the animation, especially in season three of Attack on Titan, is a huge step forward from the previous seasons, with the exception of a certain aspect. <laughs> Which aspect? Please, to tell. I know we're not in Attack on Titan yet, but I want to hear this. Uh, Which yeah, I get. We get. We. I'm talking about that when we get to it. Okay. 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 I'm live. I, I got you. I got you. I, I. You know what? You pulled me in, man, <laughs> and then you just pushed me out. I don't know what you. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. Um, but yes. Um, season two is looking good. The animation. In the animation department, it, it is lacking, um, but I can't say that the but I can say that the an that the action animation still feels on point, even though not as refined. Would you agree on that? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I think the reason why we're enjoying One Punch Man so much is because um, one of the things that I would like to say for our listeners those those of you that have seen One Punch Man. Um, season one at least and don't know if you want to keep watching it or or you've been watched or if you haven't seen one punch man at all um i can say that if you start watching season one now um to, and binge it to get caught up with season two you're going to be pleasantly rewarded with the fact that um even though they change production companies um this new company has done a very good job in keeping up the story and the feel and the spirit 
of One Punch Man towards the second season, which I think is what we all were concerned about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially, especially when Mad being that Madhouse, which we've talked about so much, we've covered Death Parade and and um, we covered so many different um, things from Madhouse, um, even the Blade series. Madhouse is known for premier product, and and the and the first season of One Punch Man was so good. We were worried that by Madhouse not being involved with season two, it was going to suffer. But on the contrary, I mean, they've. I think. I don't know how involved they are with the creator. Um, I don't know how involved he is, but they're, they're, it feels like they, they, they committed themselves to please fans and present a solid product and a solid continuity from what happened before. And I'm really happy for that. And I love, like you said, the story's a lot darker. It's a lot more serious. Um, I'm really excited to see where it goes. And of course, I love that Saitama is still... Saitama. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on the new season so far? Um, what is your favorite new character? My favorite new character? It's, uh, well, it's Garu. Yeah? Yeah, he is very cool. He is very cool. He's like this show's Vegeta. That's, that's, a, pre- that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good. Uh... Right, R- right. Uh, because even though he calls himself like the human monster, I kind of feel like there's a moment where he's going to turn and he's going to become good for some reason. Do, am I the only one that feels that? Uh, or... uh, no. Uh, then again, I haven't read the manga, so... You have or haven't? Haven't. Okay. I'm uh, thinking about that, though. See, don't do that because then I can't talk to you. <laughs> if you get too far ahead, I can't talk to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's one of those animes that's so good that 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 sometimes you feel that you want to go ahead, like we did with the Attack on Titan. We couldn't hold ourselves. I, you know, I have a buddy of mine that um, back in Puerto Rico that actually um, I I kept t- telling him to watch Promise Neverland, and he binge it like in a day. <laughs> nice. um, yeah, and now he's reading the manga. So, it's so more nice. Yeah, so it's so it's pretty awesome. Um, which those I haven't seen in Promise Neverland is an awesome um anime that we covered in previous episodes. Um, but yeah, Garu is Garu the human monster is a very, very interesting character. Um, apart from the fact that he looks awesome, like he has for every inch of his body, he's like three muscles um, or a very tight shirt. Why do we have a lot of heroes and monsters or humans with tight shirts? What's the deal? Japan. Japan. <laughs> yes. It's like tight shirts, too many muscles, and weird hairdos. Yeah. And even his hair makes me think of Vegeta. It's crazy. I mean, he- I could easily see, uh, see the... The author being inspired by Vegeta, if considering how the character is uh, written and designed, right? So Garu is this guy that considers himself a human monster, so he starts killing heroes, and um, right now he's trying to hunt uh, class S heroes. Until did you, and now should we talk about what happened in episode four? 
that kind of like just had me laughing or surprised. What uh, what the what the what the what did you think about specifically? Um, so in episode four, I believe, and spoiler alert for those that haven't caught up, but um, I think it's very important because it talks a lot about Garu's character, Garu's um character arc and what's happening. Um, from the moment that we see him, which I think he's introduced in episode two or three. No, he's introduced in episode three. Yeah. Um, he's killing everybody. Like, he's like, he's like this Super Saiyan or whatever. And you're thinking in your head, it's like, ooh, we've, Saitama has a rival. Like, Saitama has someone that is either stronger or as strong as him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, especially because he's like, evil Saitama or that's how you feel him and then suddenly in episode 4 he's walking down the street <laughs> you see where I'm going with this right Yeah. he's walking down the street he sees Saitama he doesn't know who he is and I think he put his hand on him or he was fighting with a hero oh he was beating Moomin Rider that's what it was I think it was I don't remember no that was before he meets Saitama and he kind of likes telling Saitama to get out of the way. And like he put his hands on him. And Saitama goes like, why are you grabbing me? Let me go. And Saitama <laughs> just touches his shoulder. And he falls to the ground. And he just falls and, be- and dies. Like he dies for like five seconds. Like, like this overpowered evil villain character. Saitama just touches him in the shoulder. And he falls down and dies. He he blacks out when he wakes up. He doesn't know what happened, so it's like, like you think like this. This is what I love about the show. Saitama is this overpowered character that can defeat anyone one punch. That is frustrated in his life because he doesn't have challenge, and he's trying to find meaning. And but at the same time, he doesn't lose. He doesn't lose that quality that makes him a hero. Like he's still a genuinely good person, you know. He's just more interested about reviving the fire in his life for fighting or for something. He's just more, it's more for him, it's more important his search for meaning than the search of becoming a good hero. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. makes his work interesting. Um, but the fact that the show plays with you because you think that, oh, when Garo and Satsuma fight, it's going to be awesome. But then Saitama just touches him and Garo dies. It's like, oh my goodness. That was, I mean, Garo doesn't die. He's still alive, but Garo just gets knocked out by one punch. Not even a punch. What was it? Like, he just put his hands on him, right? Or much. slapped him or whatever. Pretty much. I don't know, man. This show just keeps surprising me in stuff like this. And I just applaud them. This show is just so smart. So interesting. Um,. I mean, it's uh, from the same mangaka that makes uh, Mob Psycho 100, and Mob Psycho is uh, freaking phenomenal, so... Yeah, I actually watched the first episode. You need to watch uh, the entire uh, thing. I know, I know. But I started. Baby steps. Very little. Singular. For shame. Now, uh, (laughs) get on the floor and give me 30 episodes of One Piece. Oh, that's what we're gonna do now. That's <laughs> that's gonna be my drills for every for every for every um demerit that I get. I gotta watch thirty episodes of One Piece. Exactly. Ah, uh, I rather do push-ups. 
But then again, <laughs> we got to do it for the fans. <laughs> yeah, you need to watch uh, 30 episodes while doing push-ups. Have I ever told you that I hate? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, what do you what do you, what do you think about Garu? What what do you like about him? And what did you think when that happened? Were you were you led astray like I was, or did no, you see that coming? I saw all that coming because it, this is One Punch Man, and it, it's just it, it's One Punch Man, and uh, it's hard. Uh, it's uh, not a serious show, even though it's more serious this season, if you know what I mean. Right. Like, this this show is the expert of your... Is an expert is an expert at subverting your expectations. While not subverting your expectations. Right, right. Also, like, by, by the way, sorry for that yawning, but the, the clock is... 5.13 in the morning here, so... Oh, no. We completely understand. We know you're a trooper and you always um, watch One Piece. I mean, um, do effort to record with us. <laughs> do, I, uh, do I need to uh, give you 30 episodes of of uh, Gintama while we're at it? No, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, um, I like the fact, um, we talked about this before, how this, um, season feels that it's taking a lot of its hero themes and ideas about what it is to be a hero a lot more seriously. Um, especially with the, with the characters of King, with the character of of the Ice Queen, I don't remember the name, uh, or whatever, um, that, the one with the two bodyguards. Yeah, uh, that was like the top class B hero, and the most interesting thing is how, in this world that is um, ruled or constructed upon hero culture and business, Saitama is this symbol of nobility of what it is to be a hero. He is the best of the best of the best of us, but he does he walks against all the social um, establishment. Of what it is to be a hero, all the rank systems. He doesn't care about any of that. He just cares about being the right thing. And I love how when she was trying to like bully him into staying into class B or whatever, he just shrugs her off, but in the most bad like I haven't never seen Saitama be so badass. Like he's like putting down that philosophy or that worldview that he has. You know what I mean? And yeah, it was it, like leaving her like what? 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 What is this? What's going on? And all this. Um, I love what they're doing with the character. I really, really love what they're doing with Saitama this season. And I don't know. It, it even though they've done the change of the animation, it, it feels fresh. And I think that's we what we all wanted. We wanted it to feel like One Punch Man, but more than anything, when when you start a new season of a show, you want it to feel fresh. You know what I mean? Um, especially with the ending of the last season, after that big battle or whatever. Um, I don't know. I love where this is going. I really do. Um, and what are your hopes for this season? Do you have... Um, is there anything you want to see? Do you, anything else that you want them to explore? Or are you just happy with what they're doing right now? I'm just wanting to see more insanity. Okay. 
Oh, like it's like everything's like building with like like martial arts tournaments and whatever. They're pulling a straight Dragon Ball, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, so, oh, wait a minute. Now, now that I think about it. So. What was it? It's ep- episode one of One Punch Man season one starts with Piccolo. Now we have Vegeta. Now we have a tournament. I Damn know. it. Damn it, this is this is Dragon Ball. <laughs> I know. By but the way, yeah. after watching all this, I w- uh, want uh, want uh, the mangaka and uh, for One Punch Man and Akira Toriyama doing a project together. That could just be insanity run wild. Yes. That would be awesome. Do be- you imagine Goku and Broly against Saitama? And Saitama is still winning. I can't. I can't do that. No, I can just imagine. Um, to, <laughs> to imagine Saitama fighting against Wiz and actually being able to find to get Wiz. I mean, uh, and, and and Goku and Vegeta going like, what? And he's a regular human. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, they can't do that. One, uh, so that he uh, wins against Dragon Ball. Uh, so. That uh, uh, our bold hero wins against uh, Sengoku because then the Dragon Ball fandom would just go yeah. ape shit. Yep, it's too much. They gotta create like a like a villain that they both can face together. It's like it's it's funny. You know what you you know what I just thought right now, which I think and it, and it makes me fall in love with the character Saitama even more. You know who Saitama is. Uh, what do you think uh, specifically of? He is a philosophical Goku. Yeah. You know, like, he's smart, like, because we all know that the only thing that Goku is good for is fighting, and he's, like, a genius at that, but everything else is, like, that's eh, Goku. Let's laugh a little bit. He eats like a monster. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's. But Saitama is, like, in that same level because of the way he shrugs off everything else but when it comes to fighting it's like very interesting and super um powerful and 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 creative and whatever i don't know there's i keep seeing dragon ball in this and i love every minute of it <laughs> speak uh, i don't know if you know about uh, this character but there is a uh, I can't remember his, her name right now. Arel Norimaki. Uh, have you heard that name? It's uh, it's uh, uh, the protagonist from Dr. Slump manga series, which Akira Toriyama uh, created. I did not know that. Uh, she, in terms of... Uh, she's, uh, she was in a Dragon Ball Super episode, and she basically kicked both uh, Vegeta and uh, Sangoku's ass. And, and I'm I'm not joking. <laughs> she basically round kicked them both. Nice, very nice, very nice. Man, there's so much to see, so much to see. Well, I'm really happy that One Punch Man is back, and I'm really happy of where this is yeah. going. And I've earned myself three thirty One Piece demerits. And I'm not going to piss you off anymore and get more than Thomas. 
Oh, by the uh, way, the reason I just mentioned the Dr. Slum thing is because you uh, we thought about the uh, beating Goku thing. Yeah. Just oh, okay. Sidetracking. Okay. Oh, so, but with it, that, that's the thing. But here's the thing. I wouldn't be that bad. I wouldn't feel that bad if Goku gets beaten. Because the thing about Goku, he gets beat before and then he smiles and goes like, oh man, that was awesome. <laughs> Pretty much. So, so I'm okay with that. And the funny thing is, now that we could, that, that I compared, um, Saitama to Son Goku is that Saitama, if he gets beat, he's gonna have a smile on his face. <laughs> because because I think in a way that's what Saitama has been looking for. It's like it's like it's so funny how the most strongest being in the universe for now, he's like, I just you know what would make my day? What master? Let's Geno's like what master? I want someone to just kick my ass. <laughs> and I want to experience what a kick, what what an ass whooping would be. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I just love this show. It's just so smart, so interesting. And everybody should be watching One Punch Man. Um, and and we're gonna keep covering, just like we covered um, um, the Promised Neverland. Um, we're gonna keep covering One Punch Man every week. Um, we're gonna keep, of course, moving things around because we're not gonna talk about the same thing all the time. We might have some. Episodes of One Punch Man accumulate, so we have a good chunk of, to talk about every, on every episode that we record. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to talk about before we move forward on One Punch Man? Um, move forward to Attack on Titan? No, I think uh, I think we could punish through to Attack on Titans. Woohoo! One Punch! Um, so, so our second topic... And no, no reaction uh, to the pun. I'm disappointed. What pun? Punch to the wall. Uh, oh! <laughs> oh. Wow. It is late. I'm guessing that all our listeners actually got the pun of punching through the wall. And um, I don't think I should be talking anymore for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> um, but with the show must go on, Isaac. I think I've earned show 30. Show must go on. At this point, I've earned 30 bleaches, 30 Gintamas, 30, 30 One Piece, and a bloody Dead Leaves. No, hundreds of Dragon Balls. Okay. Um, let me drink some water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we talked One Punch Man. We've talked, we, we punched. Through the wall, Wall Rose, Shingen Shima, whatever it is. And now we're going to talk about a show. Well, this is not a show. This is a phenomenon because Attack on Titan is so many things. It's not one thing. Uh, is that a good way to describe it? Yeah, right? You, could, you can call it a Titan. It is. It is a Titan. Oh, wow. You. you um, <laughs> Wow. All I'm, gonna, all, all, all I'm gonna say this. Our good friend Brett Miro would be proud <laughs> of the show you're putting out for us, Isaac. Um you're Brett conning all this. <laughs> <laughs> so so Attack on Titan is the show that I had the privilege of covering in a presents feature on Revenge of the Fans. Um I will link um the feature. Um, the present feature, and those that know when I do a presents feature, I just talk about an anime that I think deserves your attention, and I do it in a non-spoiler way, because I want you 
to explore and look into this anime. So I'll link it to the description. Um, but yeah, Attack on Titan is a show where um, the 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 people of Paradis or the Eldians live in this um, walled city. Um, which is cities upon a walled continent, so to speak, where it's cities upon cities that are divided by walls, by class. And the reason they have these walls is because there are these man-eating t- giants called titans that look like human beings, but they're but they not human beings because of their size. But the most important thing is that they're mindless humanoid animals that feed on human flesh. Non-stop. They're never satiated. They're always eating on people. So they, so these walls have to be lifted to protect the people of Paradis. And this this show, that is a show about mystery. That is a show about gore. Is a show about war. It, it is such a complex show, and it took the anime world by storm. Um, I actually discovered it i stumbled upon this like i i was looking for something to watch one day and i saw that season one of this show called attack on titan was on netflix and i didn't know what it was i didn't know what to expect i think i might i i never really heard i think i heard about it from afar somewhere um but i never really knew what it was and then when i saw it and then the colossal titan happened. I mean, talk about a surprising and powerful pilot episode. Isn't it crazy? How? And from there, I have become a fan ever since. To the point that I've seen, I'm not caught up with season three because I I couldn't wait, and I've read every single manga chapter. I've gone beyond the show. Where I am miles ahead from the show right now, because Attack on Titan is is on my top read list of every month, um, because it's a great show created by Hajime Sayama, and um, I think it serves everyone's attention. Um, Isaac, how did you how did you run into Attack on Titan? Did you know it was coming? Have you always been reading the manga? Um, how did you discover this? I read this... the manga before the anime came out, and well. Then the news dropped that it will be an anime, and well, you, I was like a kid on Christmas. Yeah. How did you discover the manga? Did you ju- did you know did you know the author, or did you just see it one day somewhere, or did someone recommend it to you? Just happy accident. Really. Yep. Very nice. Very. Ni- isn't it? Isn't it so great that um. The variety of anime out there is so crazy that you stumble into little things like this, and and then when you stumble upon it, you just can't. It, you you find these gems, and and and. But the thing about Attack on Titan is that the story is so good, the drama is so vivid and real that even though it's an anime form, even non-anime fans watch Attack on Titan. That's how big this is. I would say that Attack on Titan is the Game of Thrones of anime right now. Like, like I'm the idiot that doesn't have HBO, but I pay for HBO just to watch Game of Thrones, and then I'm going to cancel my subscription. <laughs> um, Attack on Titan is that way for everybody that 
doesn't really watch that much anime. Um, because it has it has drama, it has gore, it has stakes. Um, the death tolls are crazy. Um, I'd say Game of Thrones, but I, I kind of I think the best description is Walking Dead because of its themes. You know what? A lot of people die in Game of Thrones. Let's keep it a Game of Thrones. That's a better show. <laughs> I would say that Game of Thrones is a child, uh, is a child show compared to Attack on Titans. And no, I'm not joking. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Because the death tolls and the way they capture the gore. And I think that's that's the interesting thing of, of Attack on Titan is because even... The way they they, they they animate the Titans eating humans, even though it's gory and it looks horrible, it looks it's not to disgust you. They use it smart they use it in a smart way to 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 fill you with horror. Like it, it's it's a it's a, it's a very well used horror monster trope. The reason the show is so good is because it mixes so many different themes and so many different styles and genres of storytelling so gracefully. Because if you were to say that Attack on Titan is a monster show, you would be wrong and right at the same time. Because it's not only a monster show. If you were to say that it's a war show or a war drama, you'd be right and wrong because it's not just a war drama. If you were to say it's a shonen, you can say, no, it's not necessarily a shonen. But at the same time, it has a lot of elements of that, especially in the beginning and that first season. Like this show is so many different shows happening juxtaposed each other. Is that does that sound right, or am I making this up? No, <laughs> it, I all right, right. Right? It's so many different shows, so many genres top inside of each other, and the storytelling is just flawless. Um Isayama has done an amazing um, job at storytelling and in and in showing us a world a world that's super rich, and 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 the way he explores, I think this is the biggest undertaking, is apart from the gore, apart from the war, I think the most interesting thing of this show is its use of mystery. I, I for me that's been the most surprising and interesting. Um, feat of storytelling is because no matter how much you learn about this world you still even more you get even more questions am I the only one that feels that way no I totally agree with you what do you what do you like the most about this show that they never give up actually because the it's the fact that he never gave up. That's what I like the most, actually. It might sound silly, but what, that's one of the things that is uh, important in shows like this because how they handle uh, handle surviving, so to mm-hmm. speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Which is, which, is, uh, which is why I think... Because... Uh, or should I say... <sighs> Oh, correction. It's more like the characters because when uh, stuff happens to them, it, it, you can feel it right in the like uh, right in the field, so to speak. You you are with them when you 
want to fight for survival and all that jazz. A story, no matter how complex it has, can only be as good as its characters. Right. If you know what I mean. 100%. And I think how they explore the trauma of these characters. Um, they explore it in a way that it feels real. You know, it feels like you're watching a movie and you're exploring the character's trauma. Um, especially Aaron. Like, Aaron is a very... Even though he feels from the surface like a very straightforward, like... I'm going to say... He's like a very straightforward Vegeta acrylic character. Like, this, he's just angry at the world and he has no filter or whatever. Um, Aaron, with his traumas, with his mother, with the dealing with these powers... The way he they explore trauma with Eren's character, with Mikasa's, with Armin's, with all the friends that they lose as they fight these titans, um, it feels very real. It feels very raw. Um, and, and I think it's what keeps you interested. Um, I think one of the greatest character moments is is um, what, what happens um, in Season 2 um, with Ymir when she reveals herself as the claw as the um um what is it the claw not the claw he uh she reveals yeah it's the claw titan um that she jumps off just to save her friends and to save historia and and she gives her life to protect him from the titans that are coming out the tower that's a very powerful moment yep and and, and it's built up since season one like they take the time to establish these relationships. Like they like in the manga, you see it, but it's it's very nice to see it in the animation that this is a this is a show that really values the relationships and really values how much the reader is investing in those relationships. Um which is why we love these characters. Um, and and how these dynamics change as the situation gets worse and worse and worse, because, like like you said, it's a show about survival, and similar to Walking Dead. Every time something gets a little better, it gets that it gets a lot worse. <laughs> One step forward, three steps back. <laughs> yes, but the way it's done is so artistically that you 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 feel. That um, it, you it allows you to it keeps you interested, it keeps you pulled, um, the, which is why we love, for example, my, the Promised Neverland. It handled the mystery aspects very well, um, but this one does it in a more grander fashion. That's why we think we always said a lot that Promised Neverland took a lot of notes from from Attack on Titan. Um, so since we're doing a, a huge recap and we're just talking about in general how we feel about the show. Um, I know we did. I'm going to go off script for a bit because I think it's fair to view to listeners that I've probably seen the show or haven't um, seen the show. Um, I was thinking. If you were to share um, one of your favorite moments or scenes of season one, what would that be? Oh, it was a while since I saw season one. So, yeah. oof. I'll start with mine while you think of yours. Um, I got two. I got three. Three sequences. Um, 
I'm going to start from forward in the season to the beginning um, because I like a top three. Um, that final, that final confrontation with the female Titan was epic. Yeah, I can agree with. Um, especially Aaron trying to hold the boulder and the female Titan trying to beat her, like, and he stills is able to beat her. It was just awesome. Um, the chase in the forest for the female Titan. Um, where they're trying to save Aaron. I think she captured Aaron and starts running. Um, where you see all the different um, scouts going through the trees and Levi trying to rescue Aaron from the female Titan. Um, that was awesome. Uh, but I still think that my favorite moment from season one is without a doubt. The biggest twist of season one, in my, in my, one of the biggest twists of season one, that happens right during season five. And this is a spoiler for everybody that has not seen season it. five. What season? No, season one. Season one. <laughs> um, season one. Um, what I meant was episode five. Um, that I think nobody expected, but one of the biggest twists that's natural to the show, and and it, and it, and it sets up the type of show that it is, is the fact that Aaron, quote unquote dies in episode 4 even though he's the protagonist <laughs> yeah I remember reading that and just what the fudge right and, and this is the type of show that Attack on Titan is Attack on Titan is not afraid to make these crazy choices and then coming up with a reason to defend the choices and then surprise us in a way that we didn't know we wanted to be surprised it's like it's like the author knows how we want to be satisfied, and they're and they they find a way to satisfy us in a completely different way, but it still pays off. I still say that that scene where he dies, and you're like, "Oh my god, where's the show going now?" Every because when you see Aaron die, it comes it comes all you think about. Wait a minute, if he dies, that means anybody can die. That means that anybody is fair game. Anybody can die at the hands of the Titan. But then suddenly when you see him come out like a flat that sounds really weird, but I can't describe it because it was a beautiful moment, really. When he blossoms out of that the neck of the Titan for the first time that you see him, and you're like, What is going on? That's just the beginning of that rabbit hole of interestingness. And that's the word I made it up. Um that this show has. Any moments that, besides those that you would say were highlights of season one? I think you just stole them all. Yeah, right. They're like <laughs> the greatest moments. Oh, but there is other. There's another one though. Were you surprised at when Annie reveals herself as a female Titan? Nope. Considering the the sign of the female Titan, I was not. Okay. What do you mean the sign? The 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 face and all that, yes. Right, it was very similar to her. Yeah, you're correct. You're correct. Um, let's see. How about we talk about? Do you have any any highlights of season two? Well, it's uh, the sacrifice that humor makes. Yeah. The, you know what I was really surprising, and this uh this this is a pseudo spoiler. And it's something that I like um, that Isayama is doing. And I think it's really special with this show is that this is one of those animes that 
the creator of the manga is working very hands-on with the anime um, to produce a great production. And we and we can see it in every episode. Like, every episode is great. And it's fantastic. Is that um, the episode where we see the story of Emir is actually um, something that we see a lot further ahead in the manga. They brought it in now to bring a lot more weight to her story in the anime. Did you notice that? Yeah. And I think that was really well done. Because whenever she makes that sacrifice... uh, And you and I, we have read the manga, so we know what happens to Ymir down the line. Um, But everything with that character... I think she was one of the... If there were Oscars for anime characters... (laughs) She would have... Yeah, supporting role, right? (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, she did a great role. Eren didn't do much in season two, I have to say. Um, but that's that's another thing that I think season two it was all about the supporting characters and um, about Berthold and Reiner and their betrayal and all that. And I think see that I think that's why season two shined in, in, in my opinion. Um, do you like how they're doing? What do you think about the changes in animation right now in season three? I think it works. Uh, we have the abnormal titan that looks horrendous though yeah it just looked oh no 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 i i but horrendous because you didn't like the animation or horrendous because of how they showed him because it looked horrendous okay okay i i mean that that uh, cgi animation was Ugh. oh they did him in because I, I haven't finished season three. They did him CGI. Yep. Uh, see, that's a bummer. I'm going to still see it. And for those that are listening, I have not, I'm not caught up with season three of Attack on Titan. But that's because I've read everything in the manga till further. So I know everything that happens. I am going to catch up because I do want to see the animation. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a bummer. The fact that they did CGI. I hope they don't do that for the final episodes because those those that know about the manga, and this is a Myler spoiler warning again, um, there's a big event that's being teased in the intro for part two of season three. And for the rest of season three, that those that know the manga, it's one of the be- it's one of the greatest battles um, in the manga's history. Um, it, you think it's okay for us to say what it is? I mean, I think at this point um, everybody suspects what it is, right? Or no? Go right ahead. Right. So, so, and it kind of works better with what we're going to talk about now about this, the, the end. So, um, so, so one of the things that ever, so we finished season three, part one with Eden being rescued by the scouts. Um, and them acquiring the vial for for learning hardening and stuff like that, so Heron can learn these new abilities. Um, because they have the goal and the plan to retake the Wall of Ching and Shima, which is the wall that the Colossal Titan breached in the pilot episode. So now they're trying to grip get that back. And in the manga, 
which is going to happen. They've been teasing now that in season three, at the end, the big battle that we're going to see is one of the is a, is a great confrontation between Colossal, Beast Titan, Armor Titan against Eren and the Scouts. And this is one of the greatest battles in the manga's history. There's tons of action, crazy twists, amazing developments, and I really hope that with how amazing because here's the thing the those that wanna that talk about animation that love how anime looks and the colors not necessarily colors because every manga is black and white but those that like comics and love um drawings and animation the manga is beautifully drawn and the way it captures action is flawless like you feel like it's moving, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I really hope they don't just choose to just do all action set pieces in just CG because that would be really disappointing. I would, I would even, I wouldn't even want him to do a hybrid. I want it to be drawn because I'm gonna say this: that confrontation in season two, when um Aaron com- when Aaron confronts Reiner. And they reveal themselves to be the Armin and Colossal. That was crazy. That looked beautiful. Yeah, I certainly agree. So, so I really hope they don't, they don't do that. Um, any I mean, thought? Good. I, I mean, it's uh, the studio is with studios and producers is production IG, for example. So I think we could uh, hopefully get some. Uh, that they fixed the animation. I mean, product uh, production and G isn't really known for bad animation. So, I agree. I agree. It's just that when you mentioned what happened with the abnormal Titan, got me a little worried. Yeah, <laughs> got me a little worried. Um, but yes, Attack on Titan is so awesome. So so awesome. Um, now before we close our conversation with Attack on Titan, um. We've we've talked about how much we loved it, right? Um, Isaac, you told me you saw something recently, and and you meant, and I want you to lead on this. Um, you saw a trailer of a movie recently that got you really psyched because it's relate because it re- because it relates to Attack on Titan. Talk to us about that. Well, we have the first uh, trailer of uh, it, Chapter Two. And for those that wonder, what uh, does this have uh, to do with Attack on Titans? Well, the director, Andy Muschietti, ah, I'm not even Andy not Muschietti. Sure. Uh, Andy Muschietti, thank you. Mm-hmm. Is go uh, as attached to uh, to direct the Attack on Titan movie for I think it was Warner Brothers. Yes, but yeah, he is set to directed that movie for Warner Brothers and considering how he handles horror and uh, for example it just make me oh he is he p- fits so perfectly yeah yeah what i like the most about this trailer <clears throat> is that um for those that have watched it it chapter 1 Apart from the fact that it's fantastic and it has a stellar um, child cast, 
Um, it feels like child horror. It feels like a horror movie that a young kid could enjoy, even though it's mature, but it's a child horror movie. This feels very mature. This feels like like the horror level has matured with all the characters. And I'm really jazzed about that. Hello. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I love what they're doing with Pennywise. I love the whole thing. I love the fact most that the trailer um, felt it's a clip of the movie pretty much. And it tells its own story. And then it breaks the snippets. I love what they did. It's fantastic. But yeah, it, it got me really excited as well. When you mentioned that, because I, I have forgotten about the Andy Machete thing. And when you mentioned it um, before the pod, I said, we have to talk about this because if he brings this level of detail and horror and and interest in the story, because I think what made this horror, this trailer so interesting is that it was very story driven. Yeah. And the horror just was just right there parallel with it. Um, it's exactly what an Attack on Titan movie would need. Um, because we will not, because those Japanese adaptations are like the, we treat them like Voldemort, those that will not be named. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I, no comment, no comment. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're not that great. Um, but um, before we Besi- so. Besides uh, Edge of Tomorrow and Alita. Oh, no. Edge of Tomorrow and Alita are the best of the best of anime movies. And I've said it again and I'll say it again. Um, Rony Kenshin, the live action meditations are superb. I recommend it to anybody. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's hopeful because Attack on Titan is the kind of show you need to see to understand a lot of what we're talking about. We're just giving you snippets and ideas. And, and and talk about how great this show is because it is a show that you need to watch. Especially if you like mainstream shows, like if you like Walking Dead, if you like Westworld, if you like Game of Thrones, Attack on Titan, we got to tell you, this is the kind of anime that is at that level of storytelling, if not higher, because of how it explores the themes of war, drama, laws, um, temptation, survival there's just so many things that it does so well and it deserves your attention um now season three part two will end very soon um isaac since we kind of spoiled what's going to happen in terms of the fight should we talk do you want to talk about the ending or you want to move forward i think we should move forward i agree we're not going to spoil the ending of the season because me and me and isaac will um, do know what happens but I want to throw this out there because I know that me and Isaac have talked about this off off, off the record but um, me and Isaac ha- have read every single volume of Attack on Titan up to now which right now is in volume 117 correct I believe I believe so too yeah so um, if you guys are interested in us having a discussion about an in-depth discussion of the manga and where the manga is now and how they're going to capture this in the show and stuff like that. 
let us know on Twitter. Let us know on email. We would love to do an episode where we just talk about the Attack and Titan manga or manga in general. So if you're interested in those things, let us know. We would like to do that for you. Um, so before we close, we've talked about One Punch Man. We talked about Attack and Titan. We always like to ramble, don't we, Isaac? Yes. So we have devised a topic, and it is a topic that is so good, it is so amazing, it is so interesting that I cannot answer it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best, and I got two options. And today's discussion topic is top three obscure anime that were a pleasant surprise to watch. And what I mean by this is, no, we don't mean Dragon Ball. We don't mean Psychopaths. We don't mean Ghost in the Shell. Everybody and their grandmother's neighbor has seen these anime. We're talking about those anime that we, we have seen we have loved, at the same time, we feel we're the only people in the world that have seen it. But we believe that they deserve more eyes, more eyeballs than they've had. Um, and Isaac, since I only have two, but you have three, how about you start us off? Let you start off, just for the, uh, just for the lulls. Uh, I thought we were going to, you know, you do one, I do one. You, I mean, know, you can, you can do, uh, start with one. You're mean. Okay, so top obscure anime that were a pleasant surprise to watch. My first pick is an anime called Gungrave. Um, Gungrave, I believe I found it on Netflix. And one of those lonely nights, you know, just scrolling and scrolling, searching, looking to looking for something to watch. Um, Gungrave is this show about these two friends and a girl that know them they know each other since they're young to their teenagers and how the two boys get involved with the mob and as the story develops you actually i think it's like 28 episodes long you follow them as they become adults and grow within the mob organization and interestingly enough one of the the, the main character's name is Brandon so <clears throat> that drew me there. Um, but you see how it develops and how they grow and how they change against each other, how their how their relationship is contrived and broken because of the illegal activities and the and, and the gangster world and all that stuff. And then towards the end, it takes a very at the end. It's really weird. It becomes the crow at the end, pretty much. And it's super cool <laughs> how it becomes the crow at the end. Um, ah, yeah. Ah. No, that, yeah. that's not the sound of a crow, but yeah, go on. You, you tried. You just need a, a corn on the cob. Um, but yes, um, Gungrave was an excellent show. Um, it's a great story. A lot of drama that is so well performed. The voice acting is superb. Um, and it's like, it's a take. I want to. I don't. It's not what it is. It's not the crow. But the best way I can describe it is a take on the crow story, but in a mob and gangster world. And I loved every minute of it. And that's my pick number one, Gungrave. Go see it. What you got, Isaac? Well, the first one I have is 
uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, but Nishio, which is about, uh, um, well, let me uh, put a synopsis here. Uh, it's a show where you follow the lives of several individuals, but it sounds like a, just sounds like a run-of-the-mill uh, show. The show is far from normal. Why, you might ask? Well, it contains a principal wrestling with a dare like it's WWE. It contains a scientist that wants to capture a robot, which he wants to have quote-unquote fun with. A child professor making the life for a talking cat extremely hard. And last but not least, soldiers, uh, in quotation mark, trying to entertain a spoiled brat in an airship. I am confused. Was that your goal? <laughs> was that your goal? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. But uh, it's just insanity in the, just the best way possible. Okay. You like those, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I sure it's... do. Insanity. What was the name of it again? Nish, uh, Nishik. I don't know how you pronounce it. N i c h e i g o u. Oh. Nishigo. Nishigo. Yeah. We're, don't worry, guys. We're gonna put the names and links that describe these anime, so you know where to look for them. <laughs> um, Nishigo. So, so, so I got mob gangsters, and you come up with pure insanity. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Very nice. Not, so how long is this show? Is it a long show? or No, it's a rather short show. See, now it's, I want to... Uh, it's uh, only 26 episodes long, uh, with every episode being around 20 minutes. I might check that out. Because we all need a little bit of insanity in our lives. Apart from regular insanity. <laughs> anime, <laughs> I think that regular life insanity and anime insanities are two different types of insanity. So, we we all need a new a good dose of anime insanity from time to time. Um, so, let me see. Do you want to go with your second one? And then I'll go with my last one. Uh, go with your second one. Oh, boy. Okay. So, my first one was Gungrave. So my second pick for my obscure anime is an anime called Big O. Um, not, Big O is not necessarily obscure. I consider it obscure because it's one of those animes that when I watched it and when I talk about it, in a way I feel that I'm the only one that's seen it. Um, so Big O followed this, follows this detective or this negotiator that um, solves cases or mysteries for certain people. And, and all these, all this takes place in a place where everybody has lost their memories. So everybody... That, sound, that sounds like a big omesso. <laughs> right, go on, go on. I'll, <laughs> I don't know what to do with you. Um, <laughs> so, so... Um, <laughs> See, I lost my train of thought. So, so um, everybody's lost their memories, and like everybody is living their lives in this tech-based world. Um, but then you have these terrorists or these peoples that are, or these, or these people that are obsessed with memories, or they have re or they have acquired their memories, and 
they create these revolts or these terrorist attacks upon the people of the city. And as they do that, they do it with these mechanized robots. And the main character, the negotiator, has the one and only Big O, which is a powerful robot that looks like a stiff Megazord, but has like the most powerful and most awesome punch you can ever see a mecha give. I would even say that the way it builds up each punch it gives, it gives me more shells more than G Gundam. And G Gundam is pretty epic mecha fighting. Um, but yeah, Big O is my obscure um, anime. I think it's only between, I think it's only like 12 or 20 episodes. It's like only like 12 episodes long. I heard that season two wasn't that great and then it was canceled. Um, I believe it was produced by Sunrise. Um, but yeah, Big O is my number to pick. You should go see it. And the funny thing is that Big O is, was one of those shows that was constantly in the Adult Swim block of Cartoon Network, which I know a lot of viewers out there probably started watching anime for the first time there. Um, so you should... Um, Big O is another one you should watch. And um, I can't wait to rewatch it. I've been wanting to go back to it because it's so good. Um, so that's it for my two obscure animes because... I haven't watched enough. Now, go ahead and brag, Isaac. What are your other two? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my the fir- uh, second pick is Handakun, which is a prequel to Barakamon, which is about, uh, well, a, a guy named, named Handa, which is the... Uh, ha- say Handa. Sorry. But anyway, he is a guy. Is a guy a, made a into guy. a panda? No, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, he he thinks that everyone in the school hates him. Okay. And he's extremely paranoid. I think everyone is after him and yada yada yada. But okay. the, the matter of fact is, he is uh, the most popular uh, guy in the school, and everyone adores him. The, oh wow! The, the uh, the females are in love with him. The guys uh, looks up to him and all that jazz. And it just creates chaotic uh, scenarios upon chaotic scenarios. And it's just gorgeous. It's just a gorgeous mess. Interesting. So, so in other words, the, the thing about the story is how it's mostly everything from his perspective. Yeah, mostly. So- uh, sometimes, yeah. Okay, but that's interesting. So you, so in other words, it, it, it switches constantly between his perspective and everyone else's. Pretty much. I can see how that can be entertaining. And uh, the last one, I wouldn't call all this technically a good one, <laughs> but when I yeah, saw, one. but. When I saw it, it was more entertaining than I expected it to be. Okay. It's uh, one of these, uh, the room of animes, so to speak. And it's Ninja Resurrection. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. What is that? It's an old ninja anime. It's an old anime that's uh, infamous for being... um, 
marketed as the as the sequel to Ninja Scroll, which is a popular. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, but I... but here's the synopsis of Ninja Scroll. Jesus apparently gets resurrected in Japan. He, um, but uh, Jesus here is based on a y- Japanese uh, figure that uh, that uh, created uh, some uh, form of revol- uh, rebellion, and he he, w- he was a Christian, although he lost that, and he uh, then later goes insane, and we have a famous uh, legendary samurai slash ninja that has to stop him, while uh, it looks like. Uh, they want to use uh, use uh, quote unquote Jesus to get Satan uh, to be reborn in uh, in the show. Uh, wow! Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, to 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 quote that's crazy. Uh, to quote uh, uh, to quote uh, G- quote unquote Jesus. My father has heard me and granted my prey, my revenge. And that was that was not even close on how uh, how uh, the English voice actor overreact with uh, and just ate up the entire line. So, are you telling me that this is the Ninja Scroll version of the room uh, of how uh, bad? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> so, so, oh, so... So it's interesting, entertaining because it's bad. Pretty much, and it's bad shit insane. The last fight is basically uh, him, uh, Jesus, turning into a terracotta dragon. Some old school Iron Man is fighting again uh, against the bad guys, uh, and, and uh, for some reasons, uh, for some reason. Uh, God helps uh, him become insane, and Jesus become insane so that Satan can join. And wow, yeah, uh, yeah. wow. And the fun, uh, funny thing is, this show is only two, uh, two episodes uh, long, and it ends off with Willens. Uh, just run off in sunset and planning their quote, attacks, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. That was a great way to end this show, Isaac. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't Wow. So, so so with um Dragon Jesus um running to the sunset. I think it's ready to for Taurus to go to bed. What do you think? Nah. It's not morning. Sleep. It's not morning here, so why uh, I can't go to bed. For those that know, Isaac lives in a place where where I'm going to bed, he's waking up. Um, but he's a trooper and he stays up just for us to talk anime. Um anime, I've had a good um anime. I called you anime because you're anime. Hashtag anime. Well, well, um, I do act a bit animated from time to time, so. <laughs> and with that note, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and start um, closing this episode. Isaac, I've had a great time. How about Me you? Me too. Yeah. I'm glad that we were back. Um, 
back in black and i'm recording this episode having a great time and uh guys thank you for listening thank you for being faithful listeners thank you for the support that you've shown us um listening to all the previous episodes um we are um we apologize for mostly it's my fault why we haven't recorded okay it's my fault (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're right it's been my fault that we haven't been able to record um for a while but we are working on great episodes we're working we're working on great content we're going to be working on a lot more written content and more episodes for record i've been thinking of probably starting to record a lot more frequently because we want to be a dependable um anime front for you guys um so you guys can listen and talk about anime here friends with the fans um with us so we can talk on twitter um and grow this community of anime fans um in Revenge of the Fans. Um, we have great episodes coming through. As you just give you an idea. Um, we have a great episode based on. Uh, we have great shows based on video games. And we have a great episode that we're planning. With our friend Brett Miro. From the Play Loud cast. Um, we have another great episode that we're planning. That Isaac um, teased earlier. We're going to have a great spoiler review. Of Detective Pikachu. Um, and we're going to talk about all things Pokemon with great fans, Matt Vernier and Rob Moreira from the Plate Lab cast. So we're right. working all the deets, working all the logistics to get everybody together because um, we want to keep these shows and episodes interesting um, for those you, for those that take time to listen because we love doing this for you guys. Correction. We have one episode with the brands from uh... We play it loud, Pikachu with uh, Matt and uh, Rob. Oh, oh, I didn't specify. I apologize. <laughs> yes, you said two, uh, two of them was with Rob. Right, right, right. Thank you. So yeah, we have one with Brett, um, and then one with Rob and Matt um, throughout the month of May, uh, and it's pretty much going to be centered on video games and anime based on video game properties. So they're going to be very interesting, really weird, and really, especially when we talk about uh, Fire Emblem with Brett, that's going to be hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Isaac, Isaac, where can we find you in social media? You can find me at Emblemaniac on Twitter. And where can we find your written works? You can find my written works at uh, now at uh, Revenge of the Fans. Awesome. So um, you can find me, uh, Brandon Alvarado, in my new Twitter handle at the Scarlet Fan Fifty Two, um, and you can find all my written works based on the Flash and on anime properties on Revenge of the Fans. Um, thank you for listening, guys. We look forward to talking more anime with you very, very soon. We are the Amateur Otaku. Until next time, peace. Peace.